This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on? New episode of Pine Talk for Breakfast. I'm your host, Kevin Franzen, and today we're going to talk a little bit what happened yesterday, MLBPA and MLB. Uh, a lot of significant things when it comes to not only the game, but the Philadelphia Phillies in general with a couple guys up in, in contract years and uh, the possibility of losing out on one year. So with that being said, I'm going to bring on someone even better today. Yeah, world champion, 2008 Philadelphia Philly, Jeff Jenkins. He's going to join me up here soon right here on Pintao for breakfast. What up and welcome to another episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. It's a wet, rainy, stay at home every day, but stay at home day just in general today here on the East Coast. Uh, look, yesterday a big deal for MLB and MLBPA. Uh, I, I think we would all agree that um, any life, any walk of life right now, uh, you, you still got to conduct business and this was some business that needed to be done. Uh, MLB and MLBPA decided that giving this year's, if they were to lose out on the year, a full year of service time based on what it was previously in, in the year before, um, I think is significant. Not only is it for just general, you know, just the guys going through the arbitration process, guys trying to regain a little bit here and there, uh, but guys like, uh, I don't know, JT Real Muto, you know, the the best catcher in the game. And there's a possibility if we don't play out this year that this is the last time we'll be able to talk about it. But with that being said, there will be a season. We know that. We know that. Why? Because we're baseball believers. It's not about anything in fact or or or, or – trying to create some science and some fake news and all that stuff. No, we just got to believe there's going to be a season. So we're not going to lose out on that. But could you imagine if you're the Los Angeles Dodgers, you, you make a huge trade for Mookie Betts thinking that that's going to be the guy that bring it over. And you might not have a chance to witness him play. I mean, it's just, there, there's some realities in this thing. So, uh, a lot of, a lot of unknowns still, uh, thankful again for all the, the frontline heroes and the nurses, doctors, anyone that is working in hospitals and putting their lives on the line based on being around those that are sick. And, and look, it, it's something that we need to continue to reiterate and we can't thank you enough, but let's just be honest here today on pine tar for breakfast, the greatest pinch hitter of all time, because why do I say that? Because Jeff Jenkins might have had the greatest pinch hit. Man, Matt Stairs, one, two, who knows. But in a World Series game, 
the decider. It only took, what, two, three days to wait for it. Jeff Jenkins. Jeff, what's up, buddy? How you doing, Franny? How's it going? Well, uh, you're in the sunshine. You are. I am now <laughs> in Jersey where it is pouring today. So being inside doing that stay-at-home thing right now, very easy to do. Yeah, it's a little tough right now, man. We've got the couple kids, and you know, between me and Jen, we just got done walking the dog for the forty-fifth time <laughs> around the neighborhood. So, it's uh, we're we're not being held inside our homes, but you know, I have the two F forty-five training businesses that are I had to close down, and uh, along with everybody else, feeling the pain right now. So, uh, I know that uh, we'll be excited to kind of get back to normalcy, and everybody can finally get back to work. Hopefully, in another month or three weeks or six weeks or whatever that is we you know everyone wants to know what that timeline is and arizona's not doing right now knock on wood not doing as bad as some of the other places like new york and la and washington and jersey but um you know it doesn't mean that it's any any different uh with, with what's going on no everyone's doing their their thing they're they're having to uh adjust in life and like you said you're, you're a small business owner in, in this whole thing and um it affects everyone and I don't know. We get that feeling around here that you, you mentioned walking the dog. So I'm walking maze and like literally a block ahead are people and I'm fine. I'm walking doing that. But you see them, they like kind of stare at you going, uh, yeah. and they like sprint off and you're going, Oh man, this is where we're at right now. Like I would yeah. just like to be a, a, across the street from a neighbor and say, what up? How are you? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny you said that because I've seen the same, same thing out walking like, it's almost like people are looking at you like, do you have it? Do you have it? And um, our golf course is still open and we don't, you know, not the actual like course, uh, the course is open, but not, you know, you can't go in and eat food and all that stuff. You got to get takeout. But um, so we've been actually not using carts. We've been walking with the, with the push carts and getting a bunch of exercise doing it that way. But even after the round, it's so eerie, Kevin, when you don't shake anyone's hand, no. we're like, we're like giving a hang loose or we're, we're like bowing to each other. <laughs> it's like, I, I, you know, it feels so weird because, you know, long term, can we really all deal with not being able to give somebody a hug or a high five or whatever? It's just uh, or shake a hand for that matter. So it's it's a weird deal socially right now. And I think we're all working through it. Yeah. And we're working through it. And, and I wanted to bring you on not only because you're like my big brother anyways, but it's the fact that you're as personable, you're as into sports as anybody I've ever met. And we're now going on over two weeks. We're out two and a half weeks without any sports. And it's, I'm not just talking about baseball, but any sports, a way to get away from things. Um, you know, the realities of the world. And it, we always lose ourselves for a couple hours just to watch a game. What's it been like for you? It's weird. I, I you know, and it doesn't matter. Uh, it goes across all, all levels right now, uh, all sports. I mean, it's gotten to the point where they're, opening day of course they're showing um you know old games I, I think i watched i watched five innings of the indians and uh atlanta i think it was no no it was indians and uh, uh new york playing for six innings or five innings and i i was sitting there in the fourth inning going i'm really sitting here watching this replayed game thinking this is opening day and i just needed some sort of baseball in my life um if you've ever played major league baseball or minor league baseball or even, or just baseball in general, or you're a baseball fan, but for the guys that have actually played and been in an opening day, uh, like ourselves, we're so lucky and fortunate. 
it's such a it's such an honor to not not only be on a major league team but to experience what opening day is like when all those like you know jitters are inside you those <laughs> those fun nervous jitters when you wake up and you get to the park and you you smell the the popcorn and the you know it's just the, those ballpark smells and when you're doing the opening day and the opening pitches and it's just uh, in, the, in the lineups and stuff it's it's something that uh, you know the fans need the players need the front office needs um, the cops around the stadium need <laughs> everybody involved we all need this as part of our lives so hopefully and I know that and I don't know you can probably talk about it more than me but I, I understand the players have kind of said like hey we're not coming back until we have fans in the stands and we have this this actual you know uh, feel with everybody we're not going to play without fans in the stands and I think that's the right way to do it I think when you come back I think they'll still have a great opening day in all the parks and we'll still get to have that I'm a little bit in that that middle ground because I feel like what we we were talking about the getaway right like being able to watch a sport so for those that are home that you know can't get out get to the game just having something would be huge that's the only reason why I would like say you can't I don't know if you could have the whole season without fans but like a couple games just to give it to them you know just to like ease them into it, kind of give their mind off of things. That's the only reason why I would think it is based on the fans' mentality, maybe more than anything, just being able to be like, ah, I'm not watching a replay because I, I, I'm like you. I've watched so I've watched so many games. I'm like, I know what's going to happen here, you know, and then you're yeah. going, ah, oh, man. I you, saw it, a clip. I saw a clip of, of these guys that were at home and they were watching ESPN and I, whatever, whichever ESPN it was, and they were, I think they were watching. They were literally gambling with each other. The guys were bowl. It was the bowling, like they were. There was the like a replay of the bowling <laughs> tour, and the guys were gambling on it against each other because that was the only sport they had on was the, was bowling. Replayed bowling. Um, oh so it, 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 the situation is real right now. And the reality of this whole thing, Kev, is that everybody needs sports in their lives because it's, it's a release, right? It's a release yep. from our jobs from any stress at home or, or, or a family member, whatever it may be that's going on in their lives. We use sports as that, as that getaway, right? We, that's the same thing we do with yep. the movies. So we all need, we all need these sports in our lives as soon as possible. as We can get them. Well, and, and for, for me, like, especially with, with you, with two young kids uh, in justice and Logan, and like for me, them not being able to participate right now either. Right. And whatever it may be outside, uh, you could still play. But I mean, like with their buddies, Little League, whether it's softball, whatever, you know, and that is like where the reality even sets in higher because it's like, OK, Major League Baseball, all the professional stuff not happening. Got it. But when it comes to little kids and not being able to see the growth of them, you know, because they just love the game. I mean, that mm -hmm. that's huge. It's just it missing is, that. I think as major league players too, and I, this is one of the first things I talked to you about when you were coming up, is about finding your routine and what what you do every day that makes you great, whether it's from the time you get to the ballpark until the time the game's over, having this routine. And when you have routine and you use that every day, what do you get? You get consistency. Well, it's no different than with our kids and our children. They need to be in school, okay? That gives them the routine. It gives them the structure. They go to school, they get that, then they come home and then dad or mom, takes them to little league or softball practice or whatever sport they may play and it's routine and they get their they get their exercise they go to school they learn they need structure to mentally uh, not only prepare for the for, and, and for the parents 
you know, to get back to work and have their schedules too. So we all are just, uh, you know, you can say what you want. Yeah. Or, you know, people or some people are like, yeah, you're on vacation. You should just, just enjoy it with your, yeah. I think we're all enjoying spending a lot of time with our, with our family, you know, our spouses and our, and our children, but we all need to get our schedules back because that's, that's when we feel confident and, and everyone's making their money again and they're back on schedule. I, I think that's perfectly said because the routine is huge and in life and it doesn't matter the age of a kid having a routine is, is number one. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, for us with Tenley, like I am a teacher right now and it's because it's preschool. Like w- with you, what is, I know, you know, justice is doing a lot of stuff online same thing with Logan, but if it was Papa Jenks as the teacher, how would you be? <laughs> I'm doing. Hey, I'm the, the struggle is real right now, Cam. I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I'm getting on there, and you know, you had that uh, that show that you know, are you smarter than a fifth grader uh, or like, sixth no. grader? I forget which one it was. And I'm kidding you. I, I remember doing that stuff back then, but since you did it back then, you haven't done it since then. So when you get on there, I'm pretty good at most of it, but then you're like, oh my gosh, I, this has got me stumped right now. And it's, and it's really tough when you, when you lose the, the teacher, you know, interaction with your child uh, who they trust and they, you know, they listen to where they can kind of get away with stuff more at home. So um, we really, really need to get back in school because the struggle is real. And every parent out there I'm sure is feeling this like stress, like, God, how do I force my kid to read this much more or do this many more math problems or, or whatever. And they're even trying to do these little science projects at home. And you're like, dude, I can't even go to the store to get anything for, to do for the project. Yeah. So, and, and then the internet went down yesterday, like oh. little things are happening and it's just like, man, this is, this is really tough. So, I mean, you um, become your own it guy. I mean, that's what you become. Basically I'm yeah. like trying to troubleshoot over here. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, in Arizona, it's just not, you know, it's not. It's not in my uh, skill set. Usually, it's the kids <laughs> that need the recess. You're asking for recess because you're like, this math is killing me right now. I can't do yeah. long division fractions. You know, it's like it's 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 Saturday right now, and you're like, is it Tuesday? Because <laughs> it feels like every day is just Groundhog well, Day right now. It, it's like a sure. baseball season, right? I mean, how many times we've talked about that throughout a year? You're going, what day is it? The only time you know what day it is is. Thursday or, or Sunday because usually those were day games. They yeah, and I and I think listen, wins and losses in baseball, obviously you'd like to win every game, but the reality is you you have tons of wins, you have tons of losses, but at least it gives you something to, you know, set forth for the next day and have priorities. Right right now, I mean you wake up and you're like, uh like I'm watching Jen's I got her to watch Game of Thrones. So we're like, <laughs> I'm re watching Game of Thrones right yeah. now. Um that's and a good one to rewatch. Trying to, you're just trying to invent things right now to, to kill some time and do a little exercise, and it's uh it's tough. Well, okay, so you brought up you brought up the wins and losses thing, and and I I think this is significant to talk about. Yesterday, everything goes on with MLB and MLBPA deciding, you know, between some things they had to negotiate between. Still, no number of games because we don't know when it's going to start. Um, what is a season to you for major league baseball? Like what would it, what would the minimum number of games be? Like just in your mind, like, t- it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like, well, you know, this is what I definitively check an opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, as a baseball player, we all have these, you know, 
records, right, based on 162 games and stuff. So it's really tough not to envision not having 162. With that being said, I personally feel like June 1 is probably like a pretty realistic date for the guys to be back on the field and fans be in the stands and us to have a really, you know, uh, with the exception of maybe a few places. And, and you know, the, the, the few places that maybe in New York or a, in L.A. or, a, you know, one of these bigger hotspots that maybe don't quite have it under control yet, they may have to play on the road for the first two weeks of the season to, you know what I mean, to, yep. to get them – further out away from this situation. Um, and that, that may have to happen. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But so my opinion is June 1st and, you know, but maybe you can, and I don't know how you figure this out. I'm sure they're working every scenario based on if we started on May 1st, if we started on June 1st, if yeah. it was June 15th, but they're probably going to have to play. I don't know. Hopefully they can play like 130 games. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's probably like a magic number in there that they need to play based on how many games inside. Cause you have 18 games inside your division with each team. Right. Yep. So maybe you whittle each of those games down by six. Um, and then you take away some inter, maybe interleague play doesn't happen. Maybe that goes away. Yeah. Um, something, something like that will happen where, okay, maybe these games, we've got to make sure and keep the integrity of the actual inside your division thing though. So maybe they do play all those games and they get rid of interleague. Um, but in my opinion, June one will be the start date and around 130 games. Yeah. The, the only thing that um, I was thinking of was you match up. So AL East and NL East match up. So that gives them an even 10. And if you're going to make, you know, that interleague play thing kind of happen, just just to do it, you know, so you don't have, you know, five teams. One team would always be off that week. No, you, you match it up with an American League team, and then you go from there. Yeah. I, I don't know. That, that's just like just trying to think just because you're going, thank God I'm not in Major League Baseball, front, you know, in the offices right now, trying to decide and, and MLBPA trying to decide what is best. Well, and I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what. Um, spring training is such an important time. I know a lot of ch- chat about – spring training being a little bit too long and now the you know i even noticed it with great council in milwaukee him that well now we know because of christian yelich's contract he, he wasn't playing him because he didn't want, to, didn't want him to get hurt and they were negotiating but like with brawny and with some of the other players the older guys you know low came they he waited a week you know like you know eight or nine days into camp before he even got those guys in the game so the philosophy is definitely different now about playing the players too much in spring training so with that being said this is this is a situation that has turned it up, flipped it upside down. And now you have players that are literally at the house and they have got to be scrambling right now. Um, thinking about how can I have my body in shape and ready to go? So you're still, you know, and we all know spring training is about the pitchers. Yep. Okay. Yep. Let's be honest. Okay. Yep. The, hitter, the hitters need like 20 at bats yep. ready to go, but the pitchers have to have time for their arms to be ready. I'm sure they're all playing long toss. I'm sure they're all throwing some bullpens, but you need that, that active, in player at bat, you need to you need to feel that kind of mental stress on the field to be prepared for regular season games. So the only I mean you're going to have to have an abbreviated two week spring training. Hopefully, what they'll do is send everybody back uh, in the middle of May to their spring training camps, um, and and maybe everyone has to come to Arizona to do their work because of we we're worried about certain places in Florida or whatever. That might there's another scenario, but my guess is mid-may they're at spring training with no fans and they're just playing games that way with umpires and then 
and we get to the season June one. What do that, you think? Oh, that would I would love it. Anything that yeah. makes you you have actual date where you can go to it, uh, I'm in. That's like opening yeah. day the other day. I I didn't really feel a loss because it was taken away a little, you know, like almost two weeks ago. Uh, and so it prepared your mind. You're going, okay, I, I don't have opening day right now. But when it becomes opening day, when it's actual opening day, whoo, it's going to be awesome. And so when you say that, I'm going, yeah, let's give it like mid-May, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm ready. I need yeah. that. Well, and I'm sure the commissioners, you know, speaking with everybody from the president to FEMA to whoever, right, just like all the other sports organizations, trying to get timelines. The only people that aren't stressed out right now really are, are the NFL, other than having to reschedule the draft uh, or just have nobody at the draft. And it was the year online. being in yeah. Vegas. They were going to be like, I know. this is the best. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be coming back there, though. That sounds like that was that's going to be a pretty deep deal. But. You know, I, I think that um, everybody in every sport, just like everybody who has kids with school, uh, with their jobs, with me, with F40, with my training, we're, we're, we're waiting for the data to come in this next two weeks, uh, which is going to be probably when we're all going to know in every state, where where's our curve at in every state, probably in every country, but for sure in the United States in the next two weeks, when all these tests are going out, we're going to, then we'll find out everybody's going to get the data and from that data when we know where the curve's at and it's being curbed they'll have a really good educated guess about how can we how can we do this the problem is they can't really announce anything until they know for sure because once you announce it you can't re-announce right so just yeah no i i just i just want something to be you know like solidified in our minds of what's going completely on and you know not just people throwing S against the wall. We, we all know that. Um, it, it's, it's an important time, obviously, for, for sport, for business, for life, for everyone. And we get that. We're not trying. We're like my whole goal with these podcasts in general is to bring like just funny and happy and, you know, yeah, not the dread of what's going on. But it, it, right now it's a reality and everyone's having to deal with it. The same reality. It, it is a reality. Uh, you know, the, the world is ever changing and we have these things happen that kind of flip us all upside down and it is a reality and I think but the one great thing about not just Major League Baseball but our country and, and we remember back from the, the 9-11 days uh, how much support love uh, each team franchise owner Major League Baseball just has and the fans uh, how they rally around uh, these different types of events and, yeah. and, you know, national, national disasters, if you want to call them that pandemic, whatever this is right now. Um, I think you're going to see just a, and you're already starting to see it right now from all the videos around the world of, I mean, even in Florida, I saw a guy was DJing from his patio to all these people, you know, uh, trying to just get them through the day and stuff. So you're already seeing the love start to pass through, uh, you know, across the country, across the world. And it's no different in major league baseball. I mean, everybody will get behind each team try to rally around uh, the struggles in each of their cities and ultimately come back stronger than ever. Well, that, that was one of the things I've said. It's like, I don't want to tell a fan how to be. Uh, you never want to tell a fan how to be because it's, you know, it, it's theirs. It's the, their right to have that feeling. And the feeling I'm talking about is you can't bitch about your team. <laughs> like when you get back to this whole thing, because we've been away from it and, and now only two weeks, but you, you know, when it gets to that time, it could be a month, it could be two months, who knows? It's just to embrace the fact that it's back and embrace 
what your team is and it's going to be a sprint for the next couple of months after that, you know, and I think that's fascinating is to think that we could be as fans, just you and I as fans, just be like, man, this is the greatest thing ever because baseball's back. Well, I'll tell you what, Ken, one of the interesting things when I, when I was, you know, at camp with the Brewers and, you know, being out there and doing some of the, the TV stuff, it was really fun, you know, because we didn't know about this yet, but it was fun to see, you know, these new rules coming into play uh, pitcher having to throw three, uh, you know, pitch to three hitters, the the 26 spot, now uh, an extra roster spot. And you had all these guys that you saw in camp that were having these, you know, really good camps, whether it was, you know, pitchers in the bullpen or that fifth outfielder or extra infielder or hybrid guy like a Logan Morrison or whoever. And they're all fighting for this kind of final spot. And so I wonder what's I would really like to hear like what's going on in those guys' minds because oh. they were fighting for this you know a spot in the big leagues yeah. and it was it was it was designed you know to help you know with injuries and so you don't have to have these players on the shuttle bus back and forth between the minor leagues and the big leagues and being able to have an extra arm for a doubleheader or a rainout or whatever it may be and I just would like to know what's going on in their heads because they were fighting so hard and. And, uh, you know, it's such a shame that this season's just all of a sudden you're like, nope, yep. you're not playing right now. Well, so, and how can they come back and, and, <laughs> and you know, if you're, you know, you're, you, we play with those guys in spring training that are so hot and then you're told you're done. When you come back, they're not going to be locked in no, again. No. It's so tough to, it's so tough to find that zone. Well, look at it in the Phillies camp. Like they had five guys basically going for one or two spots as a utility role. With Phil Gosselin, Ryan Torres, Logan Forsythe, Josh Harrison, Neil Walker, all five were playing great. All five. It wasn't usually you get in that like you know the there's one or two guys that might pull ahead and and do the thing. These guys were the same the whole way, and you're going, this is epic. And then yeah. to have that, I can't even imagine. That's been one of my thoughts is going, how do you go home and think about this? Like you're just racking your brain. Like did I do enough? Did I show enough? Did you know? So it, it, it's uh, it, I can't even imagine. It, it gives me, dude, I got goosebumps right now thinking about that for right. those guys because it sucks. It's not a, it's not an easy thing. No. And you, you know, you, you basically world gets turned upside down and you're, you're, you're back at home with your family, just like everybody else. So everybody's in the same boat and you want to make sure all your family's healthy. And that's first and foremost, because you know, sports is not even there if you're not healthy, but uh, at the end of the day, these guys are all fighting. This is their fight for their livelihood, man. And you know, as I know, the window of opportunity in this sport and any sport is very, very small. And if you don't jump through that window and, and succeed and stay healthy and do what you need to do to play, uh, the train will pass you by and they will, they will replace you. So when you have an opportunity and you are playing well and you feel like you're, you know, deserving of a spot on a big league club, you definitely want to, you know, you, you can't, there's only so many of those opportunities and this is, you know, nobody could have seen any of this coming, but it's just uh, I feel for some of these guys yeah. that uh, they're fighting their butts off in spring training and at this point just don't know what the reality is going to be. All right, so here, here, here's something that is a reality, and that is uh, we are now finally in the same boat. Uh, you are on the media side. Like, you, you're, you're <laughs> going that route. You're, you're going TV, and hopefully, I mean, I want you to talk a little bit about what you're doing right now as far as that with the Brewers. Um, you, you were asked to go for basically a tryout during spring training. You know me. I'm going to listen to my big brother. I listen. You're phenomenal. Tell me about it. What's going on? 
Yeah, you know, it was a, a super great opportunity uh, with Fox Sports Wisconsin and um, Bill Schroeder, who's a, a legend with us, had open heart surgery um, months ago, I believe in December. And he, you know, was just on the on the road to recovery. And so they were looking for some people to fill in in spring training and do some games and put us down in the dugout for, for several innings, do it that way. So it was it was very, very uplifting to not only, you know, have them reach out to me and see if I wanted to do that. And I was, I was super excited. So I jumped at the opportunity, got a chance to do three games, to be able to help out with Fox Sports Wisconsin, do some of the games and to be in the booth with Brian Anderson and to be filling in for, for Bill Schroeder, who's a, a legend. Uh, he's been there for as long as I played and, and, and all the way through now uh, for him to have open heart surgery and for us to be able to fill in for him was, was a pretty neat deal. So um, great opportunity. I enjoyed every minute of it. And we'll see where it goes. I don't know if it's going to be some, you know, a bunch of pre and post game work or do some TV stuff or do, you know, whatever it may be, uh, kind of, kind of open to, uh, everything with my kids being a little bit older, being 11 and 13 with justice and Logan. So I'm excited about the opportunity and we'll see where it goes. Logan's 13. Damn it. Crazy. I cannot believe that. Crazy. Isn't it? I mean, it, it, you had Logan and then you have justice, you have justice during, you know, the playoffs in 08 and you're going well how many oh that's how many years right I mean you're going you always will know the 08 season no matter what because you're a world champion because you played a big factor in it but because justice was born in the middle of it unbelievable um you know everybody wants to have their rocky moment if you will <laughs> but I actually had it we were we were in LA and playing the Dodgers to National League uh, Championship Series. Obviously, we just need to win a, one more game. We go to the series. And uh, Jen's pregnant, as all can the game. If we win this game, we're going to the World Series. I've been, you know, practicing and getting ready for the prepping for this game my whole life, basically. And she's like, hey, I just went into labor. And I'm like, wait, what? You did what? <laughs> <laughs> so go down. There's one guy at the front desk with maybe one person vacuuming in the lobby. And I'm like, hey, my wife's in labor. Like, is there a hospital close to here? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, There's a Huntington hospital about five minutes away. So we go, we get to the hospital, and, you know, Jen has has uh, justice uh, a few hours later. And and uh, the next day I'm, you know, still there and next to the bed. And Jen's like, get out of here. Go to the game. <laughs> go to the field. You know, like, it's like, well, what are we waiting for? <laughs> 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 so we end up stairs. He ends up hitting that bomb off Broxton and we go on to victory and eventually go on to win the world series. I think that would have been the only way it could have been better was if Matt stairs home run was the cause of the labor. Like it, she went into labor because of the home <laughs> run. She was so excited. Like the, in that whole thing, <laughs> she, pro she probably would have after that ball left the bat. Oh, waffled. Hey, wait, yeah, how how often? What, and I I've talked about this just in general on the couch, but how often do you think about not only that season, but like that one at bat, right? Again against the Rays, uh, in the cold, in the wet, you know, not knowing if the game was going to start, if they're going to do it, they play it, and you're ready to rock, and and you let out the greatest yell of all time. Like I was mimicking from my couch when you did it. Uh, and, and it's just like, how often do you relive that? You know what? It's one of those moments, Kev, that, um, I think from the time I was playing wiffle ball with my brother on my front lawn, when I was 
six years old and you're pretending that you're Tony Gwynn or Fred McGriff or, you know, Don Mattingly or whoever it may be. Um, So it's in a weird way, you were, you were prepping for this thing your whole life, but the reality is, are you going to get an opportunity to actually be, be a major league player and then ultimately be in a world series? So, um, man, what a, what a crazy ordeal to be on deck, uh, after a two and a half days off. And, and, you know, Charlie tells me, Hey, uh, Hey, you're hitting, you're up, let's go, let's go. (laughs) And he's, and you know, we all know Charlie's the greatest ever. So I think he just waited. He didn't want to tell us, you know, after that game, like, Hey, look, if there's a righty in there, you're going to be the hitter because I would have taken 10,000 swings in the two and a half days off. So, um, probably really genius idea by him. Not he kept it real. He did. And so I got, um, I got on deck and man, you know, as well as I do on any pinch hitting situation, your, your heart rate starts going, but man, when you, when I walked out and I'm like, Oh my gosh, the, the like all those white, you know, Philly hankies are waving and here's Jimmy Rollins right next to me. And I mean, he's just like, eh, it's just a nice Sunday afternoon and I'm just hanging out, you know? And I'm like, he can see it on my face. Like I'm, I'm grinding, right? I'm getting ready. And he comes over and he just kind of, he goes, Hey Jenks. He goes, Hey man, just go back to little league right now. Just go back to little league. Have fun, man. Let's go. And something came over me, this calmness, uh, and I can't really explain it. It was a little bit of an out of body experience, but Jimmy, Jimmy just has ice in his veins and he kind of, it was, it was almost like he, he was a median and he just kind of calmed me right there. And I just, I just knew that I was going to do something good. I didn't know if I was going to hit the ball off the wall or whatever. I just knew I was going to have a good at bat. And I was going to get the team going, but you know, for me to hit that lead off double, get on second base and, and just basically let out the roar that I let out, I feel like was everything pent up from the fan base and the front office and the, and the players and the, and it was just came out of me. I, you know, me, well, I'm, I'm pretty keep it close, close to the vest, but I, I let it out pretty hard. It, it almost felt like, and I, cause I could relive it and, and it's distinct in my mind. You're actually wearing <laughs> sleeves and a turtleneck. What the hell? Uh, the, the fact is it, it, it almost felt you had such a, a great career. Not a good career, a great career. And you had been to the playoffs. You'd done that, but you had never been to the World Series. You finally get there. You're doing everything that you've done your whole life. And you do it in that moment. And you just like, this was like, yeah. It was so cool. Yeah, like, it was like, a, it was everything. Well, and, and, and just like, you know, I was the funny. You had that moment with me. I had that moment when Booney hit that home run off, oh. off Wakefield in the world. Okay. Uh, I, I jumped and almost hit the ceiling. So we, we are, we're all connected, uh, you know, in the baseball world, but we all have really close, close buddies. And yeah. so I think we all respect and know the grind and how hard that sport is. And I think I even have a greater respect watching it now, just you know, watching it on TV and stuff, but it's, it's just such a tough sport. And, you know, not saying that anything else in other sports is not tough to do, but hitting a baseball, it is the toughest thing to do in all of sports. It's a game of failure, a massive, massive game of failure that you have to have short-term memory in. And so when we have those moments and we're able to share that, you feel like you did it for your buddies and your family. You feel like everybody got that homer or everybody got that big hit. Um, you really do feel that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's still, like, like I said, it, it just it's right there. I could see it. I could feel it. 
and then you you lived it. I mean, and then you lived the dog pile that I, I don't think number ten has ever been more prominent in your house, but <laughs> because it's always <laughs> been five, uh, that number ten in a Phillies uniform matters. It's last like every uh, there's so many people that know a number ten as Jeff Jenkins or Larry Boa. I mean, it, there, there's so many different ways, but I mean, it's there, there's certain things that will always last in Phillies fans' memories, and that's one of them. Yeah, no, it, it, I, and if you rewatch the the video, I actually jump on the pile twice. twice. Yeah, yep. <laughs> not once. I jumped on it twice. I was going to say you nerded out twice, but it's okay. I did. Hey, right. by the way, more than happy. I you would do it four it times. Yeah. <laughs> hey, all more than happy to be a nerd in that situation for sure. All right, so. On uh, Pine Tar for Breakfast, this podcast, uh, we play Waffle or Not. Do you want to play it? I do. Yes. All right, because there's some good ones here. So I'm going to give you a guy, and I just need to know if you waffled him. You had 221 home runs in your career. Uh, Oh, my God. Yeah, and so it's not about just the homers. Like, if you had, like, a ton of homers off a guy, but those were your only hits, you waffled him. Uh, If he just dominated you, I'll let you know. Uh, but it's, and it's really easy. And then sometimes memories come up and you get to go from there. So with that being said, so it's, e- so it's either waffled or not waffled. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with, uh, he ends up being a former teammate of yours as well, but Jeff Supon. Hmm. Say not waffled. Yeah. Not waffled. Nine not for waffled. 51. Yeah. And I'll tell you. I, I tell everyone hitting is all a game of matchups and Supon was, was cutter changeup. And yep. that was kind of an equalizer for my, for my swing. That was the shooto. That was the, the shooto. Yep. Uh, yeah. Nine for 51, no homers off him. Uh, 443 OPS. Just making sure that, you know, you sucked against him. I That's did. Fine. Fair uh, <laughs> uh, oof, Josh Fogg. No oh, waffle, waffle, <laughs> straight waffle mode. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I'm gonna say there's got to be at least five, five or six homers in there. We're probably. gonna go four, but here's four, the sorry. best part. <laughs> Not many people can say this. They were 17 for 33 off someone with <laughs> eight extra base hits, and that's a 515 batting average, like in high school, and a 1568 OPS. Like that's stupid. Like, come yeah, on. you know, a, a lot of these are crazy because you're going to have these guys you waffle, but you listen, like you said, game of failure. So there's a lot more you're getting waffled than you're doing the waffling. That's for sure. Yeah, but I mean, there's some there's some sweet ones. All right, uh, Steve Traxel. Mm, I'm gonna say I got waffled. Yeah, one sixty. Yeah. I didn't like his. I didn't like his delivery to the plate. It was kind of, and he was so slow. slow. Yeah, held the ball forever. Yep, yep. Uh, you had a homer off him, but that doesn't count to being a, a yeah. waffleage. Uh, yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, Kevin Brown. Um, God, I remember having some success off Kevin, so I'll, I'll say it's kind of an average waffle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not so much. Five for twenty-eight. You had a couple oh. extra base hits. Maybe that's all I remember. Is yeah, like, yeah. I, you had two doubles yeah. and a trip. Oh, because you had a triple against them. It, you got to go there. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. We were facing Kevin Brown back in County Stadium. That was my first year. Uh, 
I believe actually it might have been my first full yeah it was 90, 98 maybe anyway I think it was 98 and it was snow flurries during the game light snow flurries and we were playing it and he threw me a cutter about 96 on my hands and I swung and I hit the ball about eight feet into the air in front of the plate <laughs> and I could not feel my hands oh. for the next week <laughs> to 10 days I oh. swear it was it was awful bro oh I feel, I can feel because I'm thinking about I played in a game in Rochester, New York, 16 degrees, three wind chill, first at bat, I capped one, changeup, guy throw lefty throws changeup first pitch, pissed me off, my hands hurt until the seventh inning, oh, like yeah. hurt, and I was playing shortstop that night, so that was fun. That was oh yeah, you time. get them you get them bone bruises, man. They don't oh, go away either. No. No. All right, let's go with uh, Pennsylvania native Ryan Vogel song. Oh, I'm going to say waffled. I'm going to say waffled <laughs> yes, on did. this one. There was a couple of hanging fastballs in there, and I love Vogel. He's one of my good buddies. <laughs> yeah, Vogel didn't like you. Six for 14, <laughs> two bombs. So that is that is pure wafflage. Uh, okay. Um, let's see here. I, I just love doing this because it, it – like the way you sound right now and how excited and giddy you get. That's how almost <laughs> everyone has been. Uh, and I just lost it. Okay. This is, this one's good right here. How about, um, how about Carlos Zambrano? Oh man. I, I remember hitting a couple homers, but God, I feel like he probably had my number. I think he waffled me. I'm going to go, I'm going to go you waffled him because you had 260 with a like a 770 OPS against him. Two bombs. All right. All yeah, right. so I'm giving you – I'm going to give you that one. Um, he was a he was a mean uh, oh. SOB. He was mean out there. He was he was trying to take some food off your plate for sure. Yep. Yep. And so are you. You know, you're just trying – you're trying to do the same. And you did. Uh, Brandon Webb. Uh, no, I no likey him. No, no likey. Like him. He, but you did hit two homers on I him. Hit, yeah, that's yeah. Well, that's probably going to be a pretty good statement for me. Is like I'll hit a homer or two, but like you know the guys that get you, they really get you. Yeah. Uh, whew. All right. Here. Whew. Okay. Um, I want to pump you up. So, oh, oh, Trevor Hoffman. Trevor Hoffman. I mean, how many bats could I possibly have? Ten. Change it up into left center double. But I gotta have punchies in there. It's gotta be one for ten. Nope, you're three for ten. Two doubles, two RBIs, oh. three punchies. That's it. But you waffled them. That's wafflage. That's why. All right. Yeah, I, I consider. Here's here's like one of my favorite ones because I consider any left-hander to, you know, do okay against this guy. It's pure wafflage. It's Randy Johnson. Now, I, I well, I'm definitely not gonna say I waffled him, but for a lefty on lefty, I, I would say it's a, a really good one because I did have a five for five game and i got three hits off randy yep you're so four for 14 couple. yeah that's not bad that's that's damn good against uh someone like him well good and a good story so here's great so so one of the things about hitting is you have to understand your skill set and what pitches <laughs> you can handle and hit and it sounds funny so this is i can disclose this now because i never have to face him again but i sat slider front door slider every pitch off of him which is really dangerous because if he if he buzzes your tower with that heater you could get ear hold but i knew i couldn't hit his fastball um he would that he would throw inside so if i can't hit something why would i sit on it so i just said hey if he throws a slider in the middle of the plate 
I'm, so he probably thought I was sitting fastball because that's all I did was try to hunt fastballs. So it was actually genius. I, I actually Jedi mind trick Randy Johnson. I think. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I want that. I'm going to get him on here and I'm going to talk to him about that. Did you know that someone did this to you? Okay, I got two more for you, and uh, I think you'll. I think these are easy for you. How about Roy, Roy Oswald? Oh, this is supreme wafflage for me <laughs> and no there was no trash cans for the visiting team so oh nice <laughs> shots fired. too much no not too at much. all i too love much. it i love it <laughs> uh, yeah no i you know what and roy was hey he's one of the greats out there i mean when we were playing um you know and it, it does it, it's so funny you know and not, not to take anything away from jeff supon but if you put roy oswald against jeff supon you know it, it's not even you it's not even close who you're, who's the better player, yeah. who the better pitcher is, right? With stuff and everything. But for some reason, certain guys, they just match up with your swings better than others, just like it did for you, just like it did for anybody. So um, it's funny to see some of the guys you couldn't swing, but then like you faced a, you know, a Greg Maddox or a whatever, and it's just like you, you see the ball better. I don't know what it is, so it's weird. Well, Roy Oswalt, you're 19 for 52. That's a 365 average, four doubles, two homers. Yeah, he punched you out. That's fine, but – it is pure wafflage off that guy. <laughs> and then you bring up the last name, Greg Maddox, the great Greg Maddox. What do we got, waffle or not? Oh, yeah. No. Well, this is a supreme wafflage, too. And and let me tell you what, before I disclose that one, uh, the three of the three of the best pitchers of, of our of our generation and people that, you know, we not only looked up to, got to watch before we even got to the big leagues, but um, – one of the craziest things is to face a guy that you've been watching on TV that all of a sudden you're actually facing the guy. <laughs> so it's pretty crazy. And so, you know, you have to get over that. Not, I don't call it fear. It's, it's more just understanding that you belong and you're one of the guys. And the sooner you forget, figure that out, you're going to start waffling people. Yeah. Yeah. And so in that case with Greg Maddox, yeah, you waffled him. 25 for 49. Uh, actually, no. No. 24 for 50. You were 26 for 61. You shorted yourself one hit. Oh, man. I, I, think was a, I knew I had a ton of at-bats. You had a, a, a 1035 OPS against him. Five doubles, one homer. 1035 OPS versus Greg Maddox. Yeah. I don't have any explanation for that. Just, I, I do. I had a ton You're of, great. Ton of... <laughs> it's just a well, fact. But, well, like, he walked you five times. Yeah, I don't even know how I did that because that, yeah. Who yeah, would, he's, he's, here, here's one for you. Who who do you think that you uh, walked the most against? Do you think you, you could God. bring that one up? Who I had the most walks against? Yeah. Uh, oh, man, I have to be somebody, obviously, see, gosh. Somebody in the, in the division. Yep. Somebody that played in the division for a long time. Most walks. I think, I, get, you, I think you'll get can, like can a you, top five, ten guy. Can you give me the team? Can you give me the team? Is that fair? Ooh, well, um, actually, I can. In 01 through 07, this guy played for the White Sox and the Pirates. White Sox and the Pirates. Yep. 
I mean, is it a tough name or is it something? No, I mean, uh, it's really short. All right. <laughs> it's, it's relatively short. It's a relatively uh, short name. It's not Josh Fogg, is it? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's Kip Wells. <laughs> oh, Kip Wells. I would have never got that one. I mean, that's a good one, though. See, yeah. I, I, I like bringing up like old stats on guys because they're so yeah. like, okay, who would you have the most RBIs against? It, you think this, I mean, we could add in, this is a guy that you waffled, obviously, but who do you think? It's got to be that uh, Ortiz guy. <laughs> no? 100%. Ramon Ortiz, the greatest teammate barber <laughs> of all time. An eighteen thirteen OPS against four homers, twelve RBIs. Jeff Jenkins, that is considering. That's not even waffleage. That's straight ownage. Yeah, well, there's a lot more bad than good. That's for sure. Uh, Jeff, no, not with you. Not with you. Well, I appreciate you coming on Pintar for breakfast. You are the first on Zoom, uh, but you are like the ninetieth guy I've had on here. So, I mean, you know, it just shows how important you are to me. Hey, I appreciate it, man. And, uh, it's, uh, we're good buddies and, and good luck. And let's get, let's get back to baseball soon. Huh? I can't wait. And, uh, yeah, thanks. And there he is the man, the myth, the legend, the clipper himself. And for me, Jeff Jenkins is the best. He's a brother to me and he's going to come on again. We'll have him on again. If you, the fan likes it, loves it. Like it on the podcast, on Apple, wherever you may get your podcast. but at Kevin Franzen. Hit me up on Twitter. And again, this was another episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. Peace! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.